world's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. I was pretty excited to get down here today, really. You know, we've really been digging into some stuff and Again, I, I struggle with what is this? What is this show supposed to be about? Why do you guys come here? Do you come here for the uh, for the information that we provide you? Do you come here for the for the spiritual aspect of it, for the biblical training? And I think probably the answer is a lot of you come for for probably all those reasons combined. And I, I try to do the best I can because see, some people get say, "Well, coach, I don't want to hear so much about that politics." But folks, you cannot. We're the salt of the earth and the light of the world. You cannot separate. It'd be easy if we could ourselves. We're in the world, but not of the world. It would be good if we could pull away and not live in this world, but we do live in this world. And that's why Jesus said, we're the salt of the earth and the light of the world. We have to invade that dark side. We have to do it. And we can't do it if we're not armed with information. So I try to do the best I can to to bring both to the table. We got Sheila Holmes going to join us here in a second and get a notepad out and I'm going to turn her loose talking about yesterday. We you know we talked about the, the Masons and the who really controls the world and all that stuff. But before I get really into it, I want to, I want to show you something that happened to me this morning. Uh, just so that you're aware. Okay. I'm going to, Hey, Spencer, pull up. Thanks to Spencer. I did a Bridie on show on Monday called make Christianity masculine again. And Spencer click on that and throw that up on the screen. Cause I want to tell you something what happened to me this morning. By the way, I encourage you, hey, Spencer, next time we do this, we cannot put Brideon on it because you cannot post it on Facebook. As soon as they see Brideon, I tried to do it today. I tried to put, this is, this is a, I'm telling you, man, this is really a home run. Bragging on myself, it's really a home run. And I would ask all of you to share, watch it and share it. Watch it and share it. Make Christianity uh, masculine. Again, I went on a rant. It was a great rant. But I tried. I, so this morning, Spencer, these guys, had put it together, took my Bridie on show, cut all the commercials and everything out of it, made it about, I don't know, 40, 46 minutes, whatever. I posted it on Facebook, and they will not allow me to post a Bridie on video on Facebook. Isn't that something? Why won't they allow me to post a Bridie on video? It's not the competition. They know that some people who are on Bridie on, they know that they're, they're coming from the other team. They're not going to let that other team on there, right? My goodness, my goodness. So I would ask all of you, Spencer, put this in the chat. I would ask all of you, please watch it and share it. You can put it on 1.5 speed, whatever. But it all ties into all the stuff that we're, we're talking about today, all right? We are under such unbelievable censorship. Change the words, change the world. I posted that thing again today. And, oh, man, man. So uh, please, please. Watch it 
and share it. Watch it and share it, okay? Yesterday, we talked about who really controls the world. And I thank God for Sheila Holm, who's who's out there always lingering out there listening and the wisdom that she gave us. And after the show or during the show, maybe it was in the after show, I said, Sheila, will you come in tomorrow and talk about some of this stuff? Because she is the go-to person on a lot of this stuff on what happened to America. What happened to from from uh, 1492 when Columbus sailed the ocean blue to the pilgrims at Plymouth Rock to where we are today? What the heck happened? And I don't know anybody who can put it together better than Sheila Holm. So we're, we're glad that she's going to join us with us. Uh, Spencer, um, I think I've sent you stuff. That she, there's one other link that maybe she, wanna, she wants to refer to. But we were talking again, how did they, Psalm 2, right? Uh, the kings of this earth have set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. It is a spiritual war that manifests itself in the natural realm. Good guys against bad guys. Problem we have is we don't know who the bad guys are. We don't know who the good guys are. Not really, we don't. And I was I I I got in an argument with a guy yesterday. Not an argument. It's on over Facebook or whatever. Doesn't want to vote for Trump. Trump's not Christian. I said, "Cheesy criminy, cheesy criminy." You're not going to vote for Trump because he's not Christian. What? Who are you going to vote for? Who's going to win? Nikki Haley going to win? Vivek Ramaswamy Kwaki Kwaki? He going to win? He going to win? It's all name recognition. You say, but coach, Trump is part of it. We're screwed if he is. Joe Biden or some Democrat or Donald Trump is going to be president of the United States. Now, you can sit home and pat yourself on the back and say, oh, what a great Christian you are because you're not voting for him. You can do that. Go ahead. Donald Trump gave us three pro-life president, or uh, uh, what they call them, Supreme Court justices. And you can go throughout the Bible and you can find that you do not have to be a man of God in order to be God's man. Do you have any idea what kind of guy David was before David became king? Do you have any idea what he was like? So I say Donald Trump is God's man, whether he's a good Christian or not. I don't know whether he is. Is he part of the cabal? If he is, he's a hell of an actor. And if he is, we're screwed anyway. That's the way I see it. So I'm going to have Sheila come on in here, and she's going to try to tie uh, tie some of this stuff together. And as much as anything, I would like this to become a question and answer session because I can I can turn Sheila loose, and she'll go and 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 go. But I want this to be a question and answer. Hey, Sheila, what about this? How did this happen? So we'll let her come in, and she'll go do an introduction. Her website is hisbest.org. Pull that up there for me. She got so many stinking books, and you can support Sheila by buying her buying a book. Uh, I mean, I can. She's working on a book right now, down in some Macon, Georgia, somewhere down there in Georgia. And uh, this lady has got more. <laughs> now you can buy all of them for a hundred bucks for the sake of America one through four. You can get all of them. But she's going to give us a little bit of that here this morning. So, Sheila, you know this. I interrupt for a living. So I'm going to try to behave and keep my mouth shut. But uh, the floor is yours. Yeah, it's a, it's a five-book series. And um, they can get it in the shop, too. If you want other books, you can get that discount and get the other books. So, um, but where we can... Um, where we can start, because the um, eclipses give us the hope 
and it matches where we were by the time we were here less than 100 years in America. So I don't know if you want me to quickly go through. Um, I want you. I want to. I want to do whatever you want to do. Spencer can throw up your PowerPoint with the with the clips on. Do you want that up on the screen, Sheila? Um, yes, that would be great. And okay, it's up, um, it's, the information it's up I sent you last night. Did you get a yes. chance to scroll through that? He has that as well. Yes, ma'am. Okay. So. Um, so so here's um, what you got, Sheila. Just so you know. So we have the PowerPoint up there, and then we have an email of your other information. So just say to Spencer, hey, Spencer, put up the information. As opposed okay. To right? We'll okay. Because the information I gave you last night leads to how bizarre they were before we were even around for 50 years. And so maybe if I take that, get us up to the 100, because that's the Nineveh lesson on the slides. Okay, so you want the uh, the information, not not the slides. Right. Um, okay. Throw it up there, Spence. It's, Sheila, the, everything you sent me is on the screen right now. Okay, so all of this started against us. <laughs> when we became independent, they weren't going to allow us to be independent. If we could just grasp that. And by the time we got a constitution in 1787, and then we got Washington uh, inaugurated in New York at the federal building because New York City was the city of America. Everybody called it America City globally. That's what it was. 1789. New York City, New York City not Washington, D.C. Right, right. Okay. And that's where the head of the nation was going to be. And they did a big statue of Washington. His hand was outstretched. And now if you look at it, his hand is still outstretched, but there's no Bible. Mm. That's how bad this has been from that very beginning. 1791, they started with centralized banks. Hamilton introduced it as Secretary of Treasury. He did it, you know, as a as a proposal. And Jefferson and Adams were fighting it tooth and nail because it's against the Constitution for the government to hold a percent interest in a business or a bank. Okay, so hang on a second, Sheila. Folks, think what America was like in 1791. No internet, no phone, no media, none of, none of that stuff, right? So the idea of a centralized uh, government and money, you got just a c group of guys together. The whole world doesn't know this is going on. We haven't even, hadn't even expanded West yet, okay? So this is just a group of guys getting together, trying to put a country together. Go ahead, Sheila. Okay, so they did that in 1791. No matter the battle, they had enough in our Congress and Senate already to put in eight banks from New York City down to Savannah, Georgia in 1792. We've been living with centralized banks controlled by the monarchy that we didn't want since 1792. It didn't start with the Federal Reserve in the right. 1900s. Okay. Okay. So Sheila, by the way, Sheila, this is really good, right? Because we can read it and hear it. Go ahead. Yes. And in 1792, with the eight banks, the Democratic National Socialist Party began, which is Nazism, fascism, communism, etc. And they moved us all to D.C. in 1792. And I think the first one burned and then they built another one just like it. That whole worship center that we didn't realize until we started seeing it chained up and the shape of it from above you could see it was in a big owl our capitol building but all of this was done as a worship center for them and they divided out 10 acres for them separate from us and it never was their land 
So Joe Sixpack America, living down in South Carolina and North Carolina, he don't have any idea all this stuff's going on. These guys have gotten together and they're putting this plan together. And so they're going to move what would be what was supposed to be in Washington or New York City, but they're going to move this new capital to Washington, D.C., all part of this plan. Now, Washington, D.C. was a major uh, infiltration center, just like Kenny Bunkport was for Operation Paperclip after World War II. So we keep thinking, oh, my gosh, we're dealing with Operation Paperclip because some people are still on the planet. Some are still on this call that were born before 1942, 1945, 1947. So we only know what we know from the time we've been on the planet and what we heard from our one generation. Above and, and what the books have been telling us and history has been doing, all that stuff. Yep. Yep. Right. So then they were all a club <laughs> separate from us who came in. And that's one of the 45 points I'm working on is that you must take over a nation before they are fully self-governing in their original colonies. Sheila, and that's who's, what the, happened who's here. the club? You said their club. Who's the club? From Europe. They are the secret societies. And they have brought it all here, but I'm I'm showing the progression because okay. we okay. need to understand what they did before the Civil War that put us into Civil War that was so bad by 1847, they were positive Christ was going to come. It's mm. that bad already wow. on the land. And wow. that's all anybody knew were the symptoms. They didn't know the roots then. And that's why we aren't understanding the roots today. Amen. Keep going. Okay, so in 1804, they start forcing the Native Americans out of their homes and off of their land. And the chiefs had mansions. They were two and three bedroom. They were all wooden. And everybody goes, well, it doesn't look like a mansion. Well, the territorial governors lived in the same kind of mansions, and most of them took over the mansions that belonged to the chiefs. <laughs> so they weren't in teepees. Huh? These chiefs yeah. were living in teepees. No, no. They were forced out of everything, had nothing except what they could carry. They had nothing and forced out. And, okay, hang on, um, Sheila, Sheila, because they, one of the things that they tell us all is, well, the Christians came in and moved them out. This wasn't the Christians doing this, was it, Sheila? No, because the pilgrims knew, because of the 1611 King James Bible, they knew that the Native American Indians were the tribes of Israel that God brought out of Assyria. Wow. And that's going to be in the slides. Sheila, that explains why here in the circle, I'm sorry, folks, here in the circle mounds, here in a, that's why they found the Ten Commandments buried over here before we were supposed to have been here, folks. You understand this? Do you know that they found a copy of the Ten Commandments over the hill, buried in one of those mounds before Columbus had ever been there? Not Columbus, but before uh, America was ever found, before the pilgrims were ever here. Go ahead. I'm, I'll shut Native up. Americans were brought here. Um, before 612, when God destroyed Nineveh in Assyria, the capital of Assyria, and destroyed everything and the wow. king, because wow. um, God wasn't going to put up with it anymore. And so here's the humor. In the same year, 1804, coincidence, there was a British and Foreign Bible Society, and they're the ones that removed the Apocrypha from the Bible. So oh, the lost man. tribes of Israel would no longer be available information. Oh, so they've goodness. always been lost tribes. And you'll see how that relates to the book of Nahum when Nahum went to see what was happening on the slides about the eclipse. 
And you couldn't go down to the local Bible store and buy a different Bible, right? There was, there was one, for, one version of it. So everything's yeah. controlled about what's in the Bible. Everything is in power of control of a small group of people. Exactly. Then we go into the 1812 war, and all anybody ever talks to me about is the song, the war overture. Even in high school band, we learned the 1812 war. Yeah, this this war went on till 1516. We were still fighting for our land in Britain. We've never been free of Britain, in case anyone wonders. Um, the corporation put us back financially completely under their control in the International Monetary Fund, IMF. But we're anyway, under, in 1812, we're under Prince Charles, is now, now King Charles. We're still under King Charles. Right. And people think the British were from England and here doing this. <laughs> they were already here, guys, in taking over the houses of the Native Americans. They had wooden houses. They had the houses same as everybody else. They had built them. The pilgrims had built them. They all worked together until all of this was happening. So that war continued to 1815 into 1816 because the Young Creek Nation members we're not going to put up with it. The older ones were like, peace. We want peace at all cost. Okay? You've seen a pattern where we are again now. Yeah. And yeah. the peace that the Younger Creek would not put up with because they wore red war paint and they carried big red sticks. They were called Redskins ever after that on oh. all of the TV shows and that the problem was the Redskins, not the people who infiltrated America, same as we are now. And that's where the phrase came. God willing, so they and the were, creek don't they rise. Really it's not about skins. water. They were redskins because of the paint they put on themselves. Yeah. Wow. The, the original tribes <laughs> look exactly like the native people that are so heavily inhabited in Georgia to this day. They, are, they were dark-skinned people. And when I show, it's in my books, when I show the pictures of the chip, there's a female Cherokee chief that became famous in the time frame of the Supreme Court case. They were still pushed off their land. But when the Supreme Court case happened, there's this beautiful picture of this female uh, chief. And many of the people in the black churches say that could be my grandmother. Mm. They And I, I'll just insert here. They inserted a few from Africa move some of the slaves five five miles and you don't know anything five miles away from where you are because you Especially haven't traveled then. five miles away. Especially then, yes. yes. Yeah. And told everybody that y'all are all from Africa. You're all, you're African-American. You're not American. They do this to keep separating and, di and dividing. If they're here, they're not African-American, they're American. Amen. And so... They've done this to us, but the people on the soil, now we aren't even 25 years old. And then 30 years old. And all of this is happening, and we do not know that it's mm. happening. So they changed leadership in England in 1804. They changed um, the structure in America in 1804. The British that were fighting are on the land in America. They never left. They aren't going back and forth across the sea to fight us. They've been here the whole time, and that's what we never understood. And in 1820, they, they're winning the Supreme Court case, the Cherokee are. 
So they poisoned King George because he's the architect of Georgia in America and in Russia, the location of the strategy sessions to destroy these big nations. Hmm. They won't always cooperate with them because Russia is a Christian nation. We were a Christian nation before they came. You see the pattern? Yes. The believers are the ones that have to be killed. And all of this was going on by 1820. Wow. 1823, President Monroe declares to all of Congress, House and Senate, the Monroe Doctrine. And that was don't stop this infiltration of Europeans. You're bringing tyranny to the free land. In 1826, they poisoned President Jefferson and Adams because they were done with them. That's the 50th anniversary of our nation. 1831, they poisoned President Monroe on the 55th anniversary, exacting. Everybody goes, well, what do you mean that, that they took him out? Well, arsenic was the medicine that the medicine people, the physicians, were using. So like remdesivir, I guess, huh? And it, no matter what you do with arsenic, you're slowly being poisoned to death. And then, and then all you have to do is increase the amount on that exact day. And there's no other reason why all three of these presidents would all be killed on the anniversary of our supposed independence that they never allowed. Wow. So the Indians went in the Supreme Court, but they're still forced off their off their land. And so they're sent to Oklahoma. What happened within a few years? There were land rushes where? They sent the people who came in from Ireland to Oklahoma. There's even movies about it. No Western and men. Won, and the Native Americans go out on a buffalo hunt and they come back to their land and somebody else is building a log house. What the heck is going on? So they're fighting to get their land back and people think they're trying to kill them so they get us to fight each other. And that's why if you look at the movie that um, that was done about the Native Americans in the army, um, Kevin Costner, uh -huh. that movie reveals to you what they were doing because when he saw it, he, he made note of it, was gonna tell the government about it and then he wasn't safe because they did, couldn't trust him anymore. So then he went over with the Native Americans and traveled with them and married one. What was that? That was Kevin, Kevin Costner's wolves. movie, right? Dances, Dances with wolves. wolves. Dances with Wolves, I think, was the name of that. Yeah. So then the Indians win their Supreme Court. They still have to go on the Trail of Tears in Oklahoma, and some went underground. And there's one example in one of my books um, where a missionary family came and built a wooden house on top of it, left a huge hole for them to travel back and forth. And they would bring supplies to them and everything to save them. And yet it was the missionaries and the, um, and the pastors in North Georgia that were helping all of this, that were sent to prison in hard labor camps and never seen again. Because uh, they were helping the Native American Indians. Because they say knew May 6th, they were. Huh? You say January sixth. There you down. go. Because all they did was kill them. All they did was sicken them. They gave them blankets and gave them. They gave them diseases and they died. They they've been killing them off the whole time since they've been coming into America. Wow. So and in the first sake of America book, I communicated mm. about Macon, Georgia, the Okmulgee. 2,300 of their 3,000 acres was stolen from them. They were left with 700 acres. They went through their funeral mounds and et cetera and put a train track in. Mm. So when I put that in there and then showed what God asked, he said, take a picture 
And they said, God, it looks just like it did at Moravian Falls. The two, the two points that the prophets said where God had placed huge angelic presence over Macon, Georgia and Moravian Falls. And for us to work on that for the sake of America, that's what that whole book series is about. If we knew this truth and Trump wanted a second copy of that and Trump in 2018 wrote the document himself to give them back their land. And he's been following so many things in my books and then he finalized it in March of 2019. And as of now, they still can't find a way to give one acre back, but they're having committee meetings about it. Mm. And we're in 24. Yeah. Scroll down, Spence. So, in 1850, it was compulsory public school. So by 1854, they formed a Republican Party in one of the schoolhouses. And they were saying they were done with this. They get President Lincoln in, in 1861, first Republican president. He's in there until 1865. In 1861, April 12 to 1865, April 9 is the Civil War. And they take him out on the 15th of April. Hmm. So Taxi you day. see, Taxi, that's at, appropriate. <laughs> that's a major sandwich. In 1864, our Congress in, in, initiated and established by act of Congress these secret societies who are all operating against us. And now our Congress and Senate, you want to know why they're all one club now? They've been one club since then. You weren't going to survive if you wanted to be here for the people. This is the plan we've got. This nation is ours. We've declared it. We're doing it. And anybody that comes up against us gets killed. And they've been doing that ever since. Mm. So they credit Lincoln with all these documents. They're saying that Lincoln, because the land patents and land grants were signed by the president. They're saying he signed this. They're saying he signed for the Knights of Pythias to be a secret society in America, which is a top level that at the time only spoke German guys. And the prep school for Yale University, Skull and Bones, was established in the same way, only speaking German and Latin. And then they figured they can't just limit it to German by 1890s. And so they end up bringing English in so people feel comfortable getting involved in it because they needed more members to take over the entire landmass of America. So John Wilkes Booth was a Mason? Yep. And the guys working with him, that's a conspiracy. They knew there was a conspiracy. But the humor is, in 1993, I met a woman um, and a hairstylist in San Diego. And she's and she was a lot older than me, but she just was a ball of fun, wore red cowboy boots, was from Houston, the oil family, Colvin. They were neighbors of the Bushes. And uh, she had this accent. She said, we're going to be really good friends, but you need to know my great, great, great grandfather's name was Mud. And she said, what do you think about uh, that? And I said, my dad just told me, don't ever let your name be called Mud. That's all I knew. That was a saying about that man. He was a doctor just outside of D.C. He set John Wilkes' leg, uh, John Wilkes Booth's leg. Why? Because when he jumped down from that, he broke his leg. And it said at the end of the lane that it's a plant with tobacco plantation, which didn't have nicotine in it, by the way. Tobacco plantation, um, 
they never got sick, never got addicted to, to smoking a little tobacco. And, um, and it said he was also a doctor. So they stopped. And because he took the Hippocratic Oath, he had to set the leg. And he got in trouble in court because they wanted him to name who this conspiracy group was. He said, sir, they're all in one secret society. They're talking about all this stuff of their secret society. I don't know what it was about. He didn't know. The family didn't know. They Because you don't know what they're doing. You don't even know the name of it. Because this had just happened, that it became named. They were already here from their societies in Europe. All of this was already set up. They just, when the Republican Party established, they couldn't allow it to be free of them. We've never so, had. So, so, so Sheila, if I understand party. that Harvard, Yale, Columbia, they're all under control, basically, of the Masons. Yes. And what they did with Harvard, they changed to this the motto. Day, right? To this day. Yeah. And Harvard, they changed the motto. It was Ecclesia de Cristo the Veritas. So it's the Ecclesia of the Fellowship of Christ truth and now it's just veritas so it's anybody's truth and people talk about that people have different truth there are no versions of the truth that's where we're getting stuck so when she said his name was mud he was sent into the gulf um, prison and he created the basis of malaria drug so this came out in my 2020 copy book five which reveals who John Wilkes Booth is, his whole family, his dad came from England, had a family there, never departed from that family except to come to America and have 10 children with a woman in America. And the five sons owned theaters and carried on all the entertainment um, provision for all of the different castles because the Knights mm -hmm. of Pythias have a castle in every state. So folks, you remember yesterday, I talked about the, uh, the Bonesman, how many bones, we put the chart up, showed how many bonesmen had been, had been presidents and all this kind of stuff. So the connections run deep to the infiltration into the into control of the government. Nobody, you don't get to yep. be president of the United States unless you are selected behind the scenes. Would that be true? Exactly. So Sheila, the question pops up in my head. What about Trump? Is he a, is he a, maybe not a bonesman? Is he, is he a Mason? What do you think? People think that there's no way where he, because his family was not allowed to be with the other German people. His dad was German. They weren't allowed to go back to Germany when it was so bad here. And they had nothing to do with him here. And the only way, and this is what people do not understand. We keep saying this person's Christian. This person's not Christian. What we're doing in America, the pilgrims got away from because this church structure goes all the way back to the Holy Roman Empire, Holy Roman Catholic Church. And it was all it was all paganism. They say Christianity was merged mm. with paganism. It wasn't merged. They pushed us into it. You either go to this fellowship on the venerable day of the sun, which is the only day you can rest. Wow. Every wow. other day you have to work, including Sabbath. You have so to Sheila, do this or you get killed. So the, the reality of it is then it was the same structure that created for us denominationalism. Would that be fair to say, Sheila, that you had to belong to a certain sect of Christianity? Is that fair to say? But it's not Christianity. Yes, you had to belong to a certain denomination and they're all man-made. They mm -hmm. all have part of the truth, same as what happened at Harvard. 
Jehovah's Witness have part of the truth. They don't celebrate these holidays that we're celebrating that are not of the Lord. Um, the Seventh-day Adventists have it because they're doing honoring the seventh day. Yeah, <laughs> and amen. so they're honoring the Sabbath and keeping it holy and making each other in the fellowship do that. So they all have part of the truth. Amen. The Mormons have part of the truth. They have some that is absolutely not the truth, but so do all the others. Because we're all operating in paganism and witchcraft and occultism and spiritualism. And I just got questions again by sharing the PowerPoint. What about the Flynn prayer? That is a Catholic prayer that was on a prayer card that also has its own rosary. So what we do not know has put us here. And we are in no different place than the Q team started around Abraham Lincoln because they weren't going to allow this infiltration anymore. Fast forward 100 years, they have to take out Kennedy because Eisenhower told him the truth. And when Eisenhower told him the truth, he wanted to immediately pass it on to us so we would know the truth, thinking we would all unite together. And they have already infiltrated everything. And that's why you were so right. The Masonic people are not just a pastor. They're the elders of the church. They're the church councils. They're the... They're, they're going to make sure you cooperate with the plan because mm -hmm. unbeknownst to them, they've taken oaths to Allah, ISIS, uh, Frederick of Prussia, the, uh, the leader of the First Reich, First Empire. They're taken oaths to Ahura Mazda, the ancient religion of Iran. And we're wondering why all this, because this infiltration has never stopped. 1823, Monroe said, we're, we're already taken over. If you don't stop this, it's going to be a monarchy here, and everything we got away from is already here. So when, when I was reading my little Catholic training, uh, some of you out there, I'm going to let you get in and ask Sheila some questions here in a second. I, I said this prayer. I didn't even know what prayer was, okay? Uh, I could, we could get into how deeply this goes into the Vatican and all that. Anybody, any Catholics out there ever say this other than me? In fact, somebody sent it to me. I said, I know that. I said, that ain't, that ain't a prayer. Huh? I believe in God, the Father, Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was born of the Virgin Mary. Huh? Y'all, you with me? Yeah, suffered under Pontius Pilate, crucified, died, and was buried. On the third day, rose again, descended into uh, died and buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day, rose again from the dead. He descended into heaven and seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty, and for there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, communion of the saints, forgiveness of the sins, resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. And they told me to memorize that, and that was a, that was a prayer. It was called the Apostles. The Apostles' Creed. You remember the that? Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed. It was all set up yep. by the Council of Nicaea and Constantine between 312 and 325 A.D. He died. He died in 37. The whole Roman Empire fell in 95. Oh, my so oh, in uh, 70 years after they did this, that was gone. But we've, we're still doing it to the honor of them since. So, so we need to quickly go through the slides because Nineveh matches exactly where we are. Okay, folks, here we go. She's going to show us now the, uh, the uh, eclipse, the eclipse that's coming up here in April. I believe it is. I'm, Craig probably knows the date. But she April eighth. April what? April eighth. April eighth. Okay, go ahead, Sheila. Okay, so on this presentation, you're going to see all three, and I only spoke about the first um, when I first came out with this. This is a map that was prepared for General Flynn and Clay Clark 
and presented at Reawaken in January when we were at 17 locations. And so what you're seeing is, and the reason why I did this is nobody was talking about the 23 that came from Salem down to San Antonio and out to Gulf. They were only talking about 17 and 24. And 17 and 24 makes it look like there's a big target on America. So everyone started saying that God was done with America. He was going to divide us at the Missouri Mississippi River because the Mississippi River would split America in two. It goes all the way from Louisiana up. It's not an X on the nation. And so the whole reason I had these made and prepared was that it is the angle you see at the bottom right, the modern Hebrew for E-L, the Lord over all, is at a slant. And that A, he put he has put his signature on us. Not just his hand is upon us, his favor is upon us as true believers. And that's why I've been so passionate about get out from under the control of the other kingdom because you're operating in the other kingdom nothing that we're doing did christ do while he was on earth and we're calling it christianity because you're you're going to see this by the time we get to nineveh and okay, these let, me, three, let, let, let me stop just a second sheila for yeah. those who are having a hard time figuring it out okay folks you see the, you see the bottom line going up there maybe spencer maybe you can point at that okay because not every some of them are looking at on their phone sheila no no yeah okay. just, the bottom line folks that was uh, <laughs> That is October of 23. That was the path of the eclipse in October of 23, okay? Now, the one at the top of that going, again, going from east to west is to the, the eclipse on August 21st, 2017. Those both have already occurred, okay? They've already yes. occurred. The one that's yes. coming in, coming here on April 8th is the one going from the south to the north. And that's going to occur on the 8th day of April, 2024, creating what appears to be some form of cross. So I'm sorry, Sheila, because a lot of people are looking at their phone and they, they can't, they can't see what you're talking about here. All right. Okay. So what's happened is they're all going from West to East, even though the sun goes from East to West. The first one in 2017 crossed across from Salem, Oregon, South Carolina. That's the top one. The next top one starts at Salem and comes down to the Gulf. That the forms the top of the slanted A. And then the third one is going to go from the Gulf up through Texas all the way up to Maine. So let's go on to the next slide. That'll explain it, the next slide. And the next slide, you can see that it's three solar eclipses in seven years. This has never, ever, ever happened. And to sweep across the nation does not happen. The next one's in like 24, 25 years, and it's going to come across North Dakota and Montana in its travel. I mean, that's that's what we normally get. But these are specific. They're wide sweeping. These solar eclipses happen around the world, but these are specific. They form two crosses, not an X, two crosses, and the word E-L. And that's Elohim El Shaddai. Go back and show that picture again. They form two crosses. Spencer, if you can go back there. Yeah. Two crosses, right? See it, folks? It's two crosses. All right. And the slanted letter A. And in 2017, those eclipses, that eclipse went through seven cities named Salem. Salem, Oregon, Idaho. Wyoming, Nebraska, the what? Missouri. 
move the slide ahead so we can see it. Kentucky, South Carolina. The Hebrew meaning of Salem is peace, similar to the word shalom. The origin is Hebrew. Its meaning is peaceful, safe, complete, perfect. Salem in the Bible refers to the holy city of Jerusalem. And if you think of the spelling of Jerusalem, what's in the heart of Jerusalem in the middle of the three letters? USA. USA. So if you think America is going to disappear in the end and we're not going to be with the Father, he brought the tribes here and the middle of Jerusalem is USA and ends with Salem. So, folks, do you see right there on that what she has up there? See the second little block, the A? That's what that's the what she was talking about when the eclipse, this new eclipse happens. It's going to form that A. And that means we are coming through from um, 23 to 24. And the slide, the same map, if we can come to the map of 2024, um, Spencer, it's above that. The map on 2024, it's above that, right there. And on April 8th, it's going to cut through 13 states. Nine of those, uh, Nineveh is in six of the absolute line across. There's one more Nineveh in Virginia, but Virginia is way out at the coast. So the, the main path is going to go through six. Because I said, God, do you want all seven? Because when I talked with Juan about this, he said, you know, there it is a seventh. It's going to be in the shadow of it. I said, God, what do you want me to do? He said, no, just a six. It's Texas, Missouri, Indiana, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and New York that are going to have a Nineveh. Next slide. About the six. Okay, in the next slide, you'll see what six means in Hebrew. This is why God did this. The question is, are we going to become Americans who are one nation under God, under E-L, the Lord of all, and not these other gods? Because right now we're we're messing with all these other gods and not knowing it and calling it all other spirits and all that stuff. The answer is six is Vav, V-A-V in Hebrew. Vav has a bunch of meanings. It's the beast. It's the man. It's the six stands for all sorts of things. God said it's all about the relationship and connection with me. So those are in the definition in Hebrew, the relationship and the tight connection with the father. And for all these years on interviews, I kept saying, get tight with the father, get tight with the father. I have so many gifts in my office that say get tight with the father. But that that was the goal for all of these years. Make it happen before the storm hits connecting us all to the Lord over all. Because when you're tight with the Holy Spirit, you only listen to the Lord's voice and all that other stuff that's happening, you don't. And EL, the Lord over all, is the exact symbol formed by the three eclipses in seven years, which is EL, which is the Lord over all. And that places in a Ruach HaKodesh relationship with the Father so that you're the more time you spend with him, the more you want because you want more truth because you won't get it in the world. Don't do as these men do, for you may think they're doing something great, but everything they do will, will fall to nothing. Only Father's plans survive. So Next Sheila, slide. I have my, uh, by the way, my antenna went up because I've lived in Ohio my whole life. Like, Nineveh, Ohio. Ain't no Nineveh, Ohio. In no way there's a Nineveh, Ohio. Well, lo and behold, yeah, there is. there's a Nineveh, Ohio. It's in Dark County, which is exactly where she said it was. 
And wouldn't you know it, I thought, how, how big is Nineveh, Ohio? What's the population of Nineveh, Ohio? It's just a little mm-hmm. old town that doesn't even give you what the population of it is. But it, it's there. Go ahead, Sheila. Okay, so in uh, the next slide where you see the big cross, nobody knew about this cross either. And and that's why God had me do all is. of this that yeah. I didn't know until this week when Juan said, get all the other um, scripture, put all of it in, Sheila. <laughs> Okay, because there's only so much you can fit in these slides. But that second cross that is right at the borderline of Missouri, Illinois, it passes the Mississippi in Missouri, and right at the border, right at the tip in Illinois, in southern Illinois, it passes over the Mississippi River at Missouri, and the river is not plan to split it forms all the state borders from louisiana up to minnesota you see it goes right up into canada and the native american indians were forced out of their homes and off of their land to west of the mississippi now you can see they were everywhere in the country but all of the native americans who were all the way from maine down to florida all the way across to the mississippi all were forced on the other side by president andrew jackson because folks you can drive one their case he wouldn't enforce it. You can drive through. You can drive through Illinois, Southern Illinois, really on way to. When I go to St. Louis, you drive right by this cross, right, right on Route seventy. Wow! So after they won their Supreme Court case, they didn't get to stay, and so all of this, all of this land across America was theirs. And there's a guy Hawkins that made some treaties with them, but they they called it the Hawkins Line because the Hawkins Line was not <laughs> not a controlled line they continually destroyed the treaty and didn't care and so missouri is the only state where salem in 2017 and nineveh in 24 and that cross is formed exactly over the cross on the right it's 111 feet tall and it's the it's the bald knob cross but it's always been called the cross of peace yes so the seven that it, of peace that it went over in that area. Now it swings back because it, it then now here and where it passes, how powerful is it that Father's giving us this message? Next slide, Spencer. In other this words, one, folks, uh, the eclipse is going to go right over the top of that cross. Go ahead. Yes. Yes. What are the chances? And everybody said, no, Sheila, it's an X. It's a target. And I go, Father, and it came from Father. Father's not, and I came right back at him. Father is not targeting America. Father's not upset with America. He's upset with what we're not dealing with. And because we never knew that this is what the pilgrims got away from, and we're participating in it. Because in 1870, I thought Grant was a good guy, but he nobody could be a good guy because you're in the club. And Grant had two terms and he's the one that brought back christmas which is satanic and he's the one that brought back ishtar easter 1870 1873 he brought back and pilgrims had banned it for 250 of their 500 year plan so the wow. Nineveh lesson we're gonna we're gonna find by this and god just had me add this just on monday assyria uh took the 10 tribes they've been called the lost tribes of israel the 10 from the north were taken captive in 721 BC, and that was by King Shalemaster. That's on the ancient maps. And then 
I said, God, I don't know when Jonah was there because it doesn't say. And he said, go to Nahum. And Nahum was there in 612 BC. So he was there 100 years before. So it's 712 BC. So the Native Americans, the Israel tribes from 721 to 712, less than 10 years, it was so bad in Nineveh, the capital of Assyria, that God was going to eliminate them, overthrow them in 40 days. And so that's what Jonah went. And Jonah had so much resistance that he had to serve some whale time. God gave me that. I said, how do you want me to describe that? He said, yeah, he didn't want to go to Nineveh. Yep. And, but it was a fully Gentile city. And that's why I'm warning people, the Gentile structure in the seminaries is taught in America. So you never depart from it. Mm. So we're all in the Gentile process that Constantine put us in, which is not the Lord's Feasts and Festivals. And so that city had more than 120,000. Jonah went there and had a harsh warning. In 40 days, the city is going to be overthrown. The 120,000 believed the Lord's message because they still were tight with the Lord. Even though all this activity was going on, like what we do, we don't realize we're cooperating with occultism, witchcraft, Gentile, pagan uh, stuff, because we're not to be Gentile anymore. You may not think you're evil. This is in Jeremiah 10 about the Christmas trees um, and Christmas. And and don't just read about the tree. Read the whole uh, chapter of 10. You may not think you're doing evil but you're doing no good either. And when you're lukewarm, God spits you out. So you think you're okay, but you're not. And that's why I've been so passionate about this. So Jonah, the decree came from the king. He got the king to do it because the king was the one that was going to be overthrown. He was going to be out. And so he said, no man or beast eat or drink water. Cry mightily to God. Everyone turn from evil and violence. Same as Second Chronicles 7, 14. Who can tell if God will turn and relent and turn away from his fierce anger that we may not perish? And then in by verse 10, the Lord saw them. They turned from their evil way. God relented, did not overthrow them. So the nation of Assyria was saved because the capital repented and aligned with the Lord of all. 100% turned to Lord and Jonah completed the assignment. But now here's what happened. Nineveh, Assyria, then was destroyed in 612 BC. The tribes of Israel were assisted by the Lord to depart by 612 BC. And why do you suppose they focus on calling Georgia after King George in America? Is that if you in lifting up the water, this is in the Apocrypha, from the mouth of the Euphrates, exactly straight across is the Savannah port. So 100 years later, Nahum, which means comfort of the Lord, was given a prophetic word of warning for Nineveh due to returning to life as a Gentile city as before Noah. God was done with them. You didn't learn your lesson. Result, destruction of Nineveh, wickedness of king confirmed. And what did God say to the king? You will know not where they are. That's why they've been the lost tribes ever since. Wow. You so see under you and you will know not. So what is what is Nineveh today? It's Mosul, Iraq. Wow. Next slide. And here's the hope. We're in Hebrew year 5784 until October 3, 2024. October 3, 2024 is when we go into our new Hebrew year. Okay. 
And because our year starts before all that paganism, the 13 high holy days satanic is from December 24 to January 6. So we don't participate in that. So it's grace, perfection, new beginnings, creation. And in 24, the gift is it's going to be a five. So we're going to go from grace to grace. And that's why the president and Q team are saying the end of this movie is not for everyone because you may choose to stay with the other kingdom. And that's up to you. But we're not going to stay there. And when he operates in 3, 4, and 5D, you cannot do that without the Father. What has amazed me is how Father is giving me all of this information and all of this research to throw together. Because the Q team has tried this six, seven times since the Civil War. And so many lives lost. And the people never knew. They just tried to make it happen. You can't make it happen till you get all the people aware. And that's why they're fighting so hard now to get everybody aware, because we all have to do the purpose and plan God sent us here to do to get this job done. Okay, Sheila, for those of us who went to public school, what does this all mean? God's giving his message that he brings peace upon us. It used to be an... um, a communication piece to know you're a believer. So like if I would say to you, Coach Dave, peace be unto you, and you would say, and peace also unto you, then Mm -hmm. I would know you're a believer. And then the message of Nineveh is, (laughs) it's so profound that he's doing this because the message of Nineveh is they were the tribes who were with him, put in this whole pagan Gentile environment. Wow. And in a hundred years, they mm-hmm. all appeared to be pagan again. So what did he do? He took his believers and gave them and destroyed everything else. So he's giving us a message. He's not going to, I'm not getting he's going to destroy America. I'm not getting he's going to put his hand down and split the Mississippi in two. And make us two different nations. And that's what all these prophets have been saying. And that's why when General Flynn sent me the note and said, Sheila, on these eclipses, tell me about what's going to happen with the Mississippi River. And I was like, oh, my God. So I called Juan and we talked about it. And he said, you've got the information for it. Just put it together. And do insert the scriptures. I'm like, well, it's a little much for people, you know, and he said, you've got to take them down that pathway because they're not getting that for our president to operate at 5D, he has to be, not only he has to be inspired by the Lord and work with the Lord's wisdom, but so do the people that are tightest with him. And everybody keeps saying, well, you know, Paula White this, and he knows who those people are. Don't judge him because of who you see is around him, because just like we only see the minion puppets, Soros is a minion puppet. Kissinger was a puppet. Those who want to be out there, they pick the ones that want to be out there and want to be seen and want to be known to be these amazing people. And now imagine for the first time in the history of this nation, they're being put to task. Hmm. And we never would have known that Elizabeth Warren was a complete liar and was not Native American and yet got into Harvard or whatever because she said she was Native American, got all this money and blah, 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 never paid it back until he called her Pocahontas. He knows these things. And when you say these things, people want to judge you, and they don't do anything about the people who have been constantly lying, constantly controlling, constantly taking over our lives. Ooh. 
And I didn't leave a lot of room for question and answer. Sorry. Well, you know, she live is up. <clears throat> asked Tom Condit, who was here yesterday. Tom, uh, Tom Condit and Roger Weaver, the attorneys I turned to. And I said, uh, Tom, what happens to you? Roger, what happens to you if you lie under oath? Testimony about the gift shall be the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, so help me God. What happens if you lie and they find out you lied? Uh, nothing. <laughs> nothing, right? Paul Gosselin, come in quickly. I just wondered where Sheila, what happened in Sheila's life where she went down this um, rabbit hole. And I, I don't mean it badly. I just, we all have a reason why. We all have a betrayal in our lives that sends us in a different direction. By the way, this is what I have on my license plate. Q-Rath. The main, state of Maine didn't like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm just Roger, looking, where she went, right? what I'm happened sorry. with Sheila to make her go down this wonderful presentation. What part of her life did change? Was she betrayed? How did she do this? Good question. Sheila, what, what prompted you to do this? Other than the father, I understand. Uh, it's, in, it's in the Faith Want book. And um, I was given a prophetic word. Um, when I didn't want to go to Promise Keepers, I talked about that the other day. I was given a prophetic word uh, to be launched, and the woman described what happened to me. She said, um, somebody here thinks they're going to be leaving before the dinner and not come back tomorrow. And that was me. And I uh, just told the Lord that. And she said, uh, what Father wants you to know is this message is for you. That He was in that courtroom. And he knew how severe it was. And you need to know that even God cried. I put three judges and a top trial attorney in San Diego in prison on federal RICO racketeering charges because they destroyed my corporation. And the court case she was talking about was my court case. It was a kangaroo court after they stole everything, seized my accounts. They were doing things to me before they even notified me they were going to have a case against me. They mm -hmm. came in my house and took everything out of my house with no verification, no inventory, no anything. Everything they did to me was unlawful, illegal. And um, and I had to prove it all. And that's what started it. And when the rug was pulled out, because I was extremely successful, but I was told to go out and be successful in the world. I was told to go get the best education. I had three degrees at the time, uh, ran a corporation, thought, you know, anything that I wanted, I could just go and get. And when they totally, totally destroyed me, and then the FBI kept changing my ID for my protection during their case against them to send them to prison. And every time they changed the ID, I dealt with identity theft. So I not only had nothing at the time after the corporation trial, I had nothing every few months when they changed my ID again and Sheila, again. Sheila, we're running out of time here. Yep. Hisbest.org. Hisbest.org. All of her books are there, all that kind of stuff. folks. Man, oh man, our eyes have been open today. God bless you, Sheila. We'll see you tomorrow, folks.